And welcome back. And I wanted to try the thing where you get far away from the mic and close to the mic. Welcome <laughs> to the Euphoria Podcast. I'm Dracos. It's been a long two weeks away from all of you. Cadrill was also gone last week due to uh, a little ankle. It hurts. Ankle struggle. Yeah, I couldn't walk, so I couldn't really make it to Euphoria. So yeah, yeah. yeah. I he, was at, it all he was in solo queue. He got mashed up mid lane versus Playing Caps. caps. Yeah, yeah, he, he was doing good, ankles, but then yeah. he just, you know, absolutely <laughs> outplayed. No, I couldn't get out of bed. Uh, huge shout out to Vetti for covering for two weeks and for for doing the duo episode. Him and Niski, super great content if you guys haven't seen it already. But as always, uh, YouTube, Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, Spotify, wherever you want us to be, we will be there for you as long as it is a podcast platform. Dude, the last time we podcasted together was in spring because I didn't do MSI. Yeah. And then you weren't here for week one. And then I wasn't here for week two. And oh you weren't God. here for week two. Oh my, it's it been, feels so right. It's been though, like two it? months, man. Oh, oh my man. God. Wait, was it Scuffed Foria? Was that the oh, last yeah, one we did? Oh, yeah, we did Scuffed Foria. Didn't we get <sighs> on YouTube? That was funny. That was good times. No copyright, baby. Wow. Uh, so, yeah, if you are, if you have been here this entire time watching every moment of OEC, shout out to you. But I, I played a lot of catch up and I'm going to rely heavily this weekend on our wonderful guest, Finn, who will be coming later to talk to us about the success of Excel their korean boot camp and hopefully if we can get it out of him leaking all of their korean We're scrim partners i swear to god we will call joey and you will play orn every game for the rest of the season. have you seen cajol's top lane account <laughs> he's ready he's ready to replace you tell us <laughs> yeah my my orn is pretty clean there you go trained for, by odawane himself yeah. there you go um but yeah uh yeah i was gone i don't know if there's much i want to say about it other than i lost my bag which was very frustrating dude my flight got cancelled Bro, you lost your bag. Like, just a quick FYI for everyone at home. Yeah, if you are airports flying... right now in the UK, worst idea ever. Your flight will get canceled, delayed, or you'll never leave the airport. I'm convinced. My favorite part was we were on a short flight from Dublin to Manchester, which is very short, it's about an hour. Um, and we saw them load our bags onto the plane, and then we got there. And they had lost literally everyone's bag. And we're like, how is that possible? They're like, well, we're not sure where they are. And I'm like, they're in the plane. <laughs> I mean, we're like, well, they're like, they're either on the plane or they're in the airport somewhere. We're like, well, they could be in Dublin. And I was like, we literally saw, unless you loaded another flight's baggage onto the plane. Because it's not like they lost one bag. They lose one bag. It's like, all right, fair. They lost the entire flight's baggage. And it's like. In the in the chain of custody, surely this is easy. Hey, guys on the plane, did you give the guys on the ground the bags? Yes. Guys on the ground, did you take them to the baggage thing? Yes. All right. Well, then they're at the baggage thing, right? So like, <laughs> they're it's, in the it's, like, it's a very short chain of custody. <laughs> yeah, you, know you I mean? would think so, right? You would think so. Uh, despite, I did get the bag back. Everything is good, which is good because I, I borrowed a bunch of show clothes to go to weddings because why buy your own suits? This is a, definitely a caster privilege thing, but it would have been <laughs> super awkward if I had lost those suits, uh, not just obviously for the cost but because our stylist marion as nice and uh fantastic as she is i'm sure would have um figuratively murdered me yeah dude airlines uh you know it's one of those things where you get back and you're like i'm not going on a holiday for six months and yep. no one's gonna stop me thank yeah. you um yeah yeah so anyway if you're flying um i hope that you're having better experiences than myself or mark but regardless of where you're going the lec and Euphoria will be here for you. LEC Airlines. LEC Airlines, baby. We're flying high. Um, and I was, I was, okay, so the thing for me is like, I, I didn't know what to expect, right, as an outsider coming in. And I tweeted this the other day, but I, I, I got here as we now get into our league discussion. And the league is wacky. 
Mark Lamont. The week, the league is the week. The league, the league is weird. Yeah, the we league got, is very weird. The, the league is very weird. I, I mean, <laughs> if I told you that you came back and I said, "Look, Astralis, yeah, right now, good team. They're tied with Fnatic, mm-hmm. Mad, uh huh, and Rogue. Yeah, 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 the Maple kind." <laughs> Yeah, I, I I would be like, wow, shit. I'd be like, damn, did Mad and Rogue get Counter Strike teams? Is that what happened? Like, I was like, did you start casting what CS? A, what happened to their budgets? And I was like, that's crazy. What? And then what if I told you that Misfits, our third place regular team, was last place, and their games were all right tragedies. I, I'm sad to say that one is more believable, yeah, uh, than the Astralis one. But okay. here we are in wacky upside down world, and. I'll say this, I'm really sad I didn't catch all the games live, but catching up on all the games uh, has been nice because one, I've been able to miss all the pause drama. Well, not so much drama as just like suffering Mm -hmm. as I witnessed on Mm -hmm. broadcast. Um, You know, can skip through all of that, but it's just, there's so many sick games and the game, I don't know if it's the durability patch or what, the games feel super close this season. Like in terms of gold, it's very rare that you see a team hold on to more than like a 4k lead i mean you just looked looked to last weekend where bds beat g2 the game was really fun to watch right yeah um mad lions are beating fnatic and now all of a sudden mad lions are strong right mm-hmm, um mm-hmm. xl is right is number one in the league uh bds almost beat fnatic uh on saturday but there was this huge barren health regen and then the upset stole it with i think the zeri chain lightning Name and then from the yeah from they the couldn't base yeah. that game was incredibly fun to watch Astralis were a little bit competitive against Rogue and they're putting up a pretty good fight against these teams. So like I feel like if you look at the last split, you, you look at Astralis, SK, BDS, you know, these kind of bottom tier teams, you just mm-hmm. rule it out. It's like this game is pointless to watch. And then you come into this weekend, you see games like G2 BDS, Rogue, Astralis. You're thinking, oh, these games are probably pointless to watch similar to spring. But they weren't. They were actually really, really fun to watch. Um, I don't know what happened to BDS this weekend. They almost yep. went 2-0 against G2 Fnatic, even though they were losing to... I think teams like SK and stuff like this. So they're, I don't know. I feel like there's a circle of suck going on. I haven't figured it out yet, but it's, it's week one, week two summer. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I think G2 is in that circle of suck as well after losing to BDS, but they're, they're obviously first place. Well, themselves. and it's still only five games, but it, it does matter in the context of a format and the context of best of one. But what's interesting to me is that like in years past, it felt like it was G2 Fnatic who were guaranteed top spots, blah, 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 blah. Then that changed. Then it was G2 Fnatic Mad Rogue who were guaranteed top spots, uh, whether that was winning with, during the Mad Rogue year or, you know, just making it to finals. Um, and now it feels like Excel is in that mix too. And it just, and Mad, of course, dropped out for a split, but now they're back in with the addition of Niski. Shout out to Niski last week's incredibly biased MVP, Vetti's words, not mine. Um, <laughs> he knows that he knows how it feels now to have a guest next to you. When yeah, we had it's perks really and stuff hard. like this. It's like, what do you say? Like, I'm sorry, bro, you suck. Yeah, we're not going to give it to you, actually. Because it's, it's the tiebreaker. Peer pressure is the tiebreaker. You know, if it's close, like, you, you give it to the guy in front of you, which is not good for the record. We should all be stronger, but it's hard. It's hard. One day you'll know, friends. It's it's ironic, though, because Vedius did come into my stream once, and he was like, talking, we were talking about LS and stuff and Bardman. He was like, you should be more confrontational. You should just say your opinion into his face. You know, and I was like, well, would you do? He's like, yeah, get him in the call right now. And I was trying to get him in the call. But then Vedius is sitting next to Niski. He's like, yeah, you can have MVP. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's fine. Yeah, good job, it's, it's the it's the buff the buff sheep versus the little tiny sheep. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs> Anytime you're at home, I got this. I'll take I you got on. This. Like, no, I don't know if I no, can do that. You know, I just think um, twice about that. But the point I'm trying to make is, it, it feels like in playoffs, they're still a far away away. Um, and I'm not going to say in any way that this top six is locked at the moment, as we do have a four way tie for third, and obviously the two way tie for first place. Um, playoffs and the race for playoffs is going to be absolutely everything. Because the fact that 
you know, BDSSK Misfits, yes, they're at the bottom, but can probably still be informed to take games off a decent number of teams. The fact that Vitality's already down 2-3, like, this is going to be tight, the, tight playoffs race. <laughs> the weirdest thing about this is there's a clear top seven. And the funniest part is, well, Astralis is ahead of Vitality right now. Yeah. I think, like, obviously, if you took the top six right now, Vitality wouldn't be the ones making playoffs. And Astralis would. Mm-hmm. That's the trend I want to track. And I think Astralis versus Vitality is now all of a sudden becoming incredibly hype. If Vitality demolished them, it becomes boring. If Astralis win, the rest of the split just becomes like a massive cluster beep. Um, yep. Where I think it's those two fighting each other for playoffs. If, if it keeps up, like you said, Rogue, Mad, Fnatic, G2, XL just feel like guaranteed teams right now. Yep. This top five. Yeah, and I think that it's worth talking a little bit about Astralis overall. Um, just because I think that they are like... To me, at least as an outside perspective, and again, because I've been away, maybe this is a bit biased on my part because people who have watched their run maybe aren't as impressed. And, and they have not beaten, uh, you know, like a, a, a top, top team, right? That's the big thing. They lost to G2. Yes, they did look competitive against Rogue, but they lost to Rogue as well. And they've, mm-hmm. kind of, they've kind of punched down in the rest of their matches. So I think this Vitality match this is going to be game three on Saturday um, is everything for deciding where we put Astralis in the grand scheme of things. That said, if you can consistently beat the teams below you like and that's four teams you're a playoffs team yeah which for astralis that is that is that is the goal that is success and and obviously for the players they are more than welcome to have higher and bigger ambitions but for the organization if you get playoffs and you are salty uh, i am stunned because like this is the first season in a long time that you've invested in your roster and i am happy with how well it's going for you now it's not perfect but i think i've been pleasantly pleasantly surprised mostly because i saw that one pike play and i'm a big pike fan jonghoon jonghoon obviously and zerse coming back is good because when zerse was in his prime in eu he was a top two top three jungler now this was many years ago uh and similar to i think finn on clg his return or his time in na left a a bad taste in a lot of people's mouth but i'm I'm just happy to see him doing pretty well on astralis thus far yeah who'd have thought signing you know 2019 playoff splice would <laughs> maybe give you a road to playoffs three years later you know who'd have thunk it not there me huh? not me no but i think the best thing about astralis is their drafts i don't know their drafts are just so fun to watch you look at the rogue draft they're playing like uh seraphine bot with pike lilia yone orn you know that draft is just it's really good and it's just a lot different and they can play standard stuff as well you know they played like an oriana gp game they they played a, another seraphine game earlier on they played they played vagar bot as well so they're obviously showing that they can explore how they want to play the game and rather than just play a meta mm-hmm. game where everyone's playing the same meta and whoever's better at the meta wins right so if you can't beat them at the, their own meta or you can't beat them at the meta just just play something different right play something you're good at rather than everyone's good at um one of their crutches could be maybe the only ad mid they have is yone yeah um that facilitates an ap bot champ because obviously you want to mix the damage so like it's almost like red blue red blue it's like a rainbow in a way right so if you imagine top jungle mid ad right you want an ap jungle it's like a two color (coughs) rainbow yeah listen so you want it's just a little bisexual pride flag (laughs) no no yeah okay hear me out hear me out out. maybe you can think of a better analogy (laughs) so 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 when you think of damage here you want ap ad ap ad ap ad right so you're on the opposite sides of the map right so ad top ap jungle ad mid ap bot that's it right orn uh, Lilia, Yone, yep. Vagar. That separation is perfect. It's only when you have like Vagar, Zoe that it just yep. becomes really weird. So you, or you can do vice versa, right? You can have like a AD top, Yone, mm-hmm. AP jungle, Cartus, AD mid, uh, Yasuo, AP yep. bot, uh, um, 
Vega, right? You, you want to have that separation between them. But the, and it's important to know that it's not just because a lot of people, when they think about damage profile, they think about the composition as a whole, which is a fair way to think of it. It's not just you need two AD and two AP. You need them to be separated in such a way that your AP jungler is ganking AD lanes or vice versa. Yeah. Your AD jungler is ganking AP That's lanes. That's the ideal world. Because again, it, we do exist in a world where there are still some tanks that are viable in the top lane. We've seen a lot of people still busting out Ornn. And if that Ornn just gets to build MR or just gets to build armor, yeah. it is the freest lane phase it's precisely of his life. That, right? If you're playing double AP top jungle against an Ornn, he could just rise Smirk Treads or whatever, or yeah. your early Null Magic Mantle. Same thing for mid, you know, you're playing, I don't know, let's play, you're playing Zoe, Lilia mid jungle. I'm playing TF or something, I just go Merc Treads first item. Now I'm under a lot less threat than I would be mm -hmm. if you were playing, I don't know, Wukong, Zoe or something, right? Something like this. So yeah, damage profile is really important. And I think Astralis' drafts are just good at dishing those out in different areas but also areas which are un unconventional ap bots unconventional ad yep. mids unconventional well and this is something that i'm pretty uh, excited for heading into 12 well it's, it's not as important 12 12 but even into this season generally because when you look at um champion diversity specifically bot lane has exploded which is big for me because bot lane last season was Jinx, Aphelios, Jinx, Aphelios, Jinx, mm -hmm. Aphelios. It was so boring. Um, but with both of those champions kind of falling out of the limelight and a lot of these more, let's call them independent carries, these carries who can sit in the lane alone or 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 even like these Senatom catches, <laughs> the, the amount of bot lane diversity is just through the roof. Now, admittedly, jungle is still as boring as ever. Uh, mid lane is now like, feels like it's pretty firmly in the land of control mages. So it's not like the entire map is like crazy picks across the board. But I mm -hmm. like that bot lane is getting weird. And I specifically think it's important for Astralis in their success in the future that they have a competitive bot lane. And um, their bot lane has been very uh, solid so yeah, far. Yeah, it's been a while since we've seen Kobe be competitive in a way, right? Not to say that he's not had the comp competitiveness or like the skill to do it, but mm -hmm. the fact that he's able to, you know, like we said, the Vega Seraphine Pike, even his supports playing Soraka at times in games. So yep. I feel like they've become like the stability lane or the lane you can always play for if you need to, but you don't have to. Uh, just touching on jungle, we won't go too deep into it, but I think jungle will shake up a lot. I've been playing Viego a lot mm -hmm. in this 12-12 patch. It feels pretty terrible. Um, there was obviously this combo where you could charge your W and E at the same time. So you have a stealth stun. Yep. They've fi fixed that so you can still cast it, but you won't go invisible, which is quite frustrating. Um, the passive health you get from taking the souls is lower and your ult damage is lower as well. Overall, I think his win rate dropped by about 1.5% in solo queue. It feels like something's a little bit off. So I wonder if this champ's falling out. Obviously, when meta changes come in, it takes teams about a week or two to adapt and realize this champ yep. sucks. This champ counters it. Now this is dead. Um, and obviously, Belveth's been having these huge changes. I think she has one of the highest win rates in solo key right now in the jungle. I've also seen LS, shout out to LS, been playing uh, Belveth solo lane. He was playing Belveth mid and top. And what he would do is just take jungle camps in between waves because uh, obviously the way the champion functions. So we'll see how that happens. Um, obviously, there's like this one thing, this one rule everyone tells me is if, if Belveth gets Herald or Baron, you've lost you've the game. You've lost the game, yeah. Because the minions spawn obviously with the little... I don't know what the hell they're called, those things that just run into your neck, your towers. remoras or whatever. Yeah. So we'll see what happens. I, I played against it in solo queue. Obviously, I don't know the full kit yet. I need to do dig, or dig, dig kind of get full research and, okay. and play it myself. But it's it's so annoying, Here's champ. Here's my pitch. Are you ready for this? Yeah. Ivern got a buff this patch. Yeah. Oh, I like Ivern. Ivern Belveth, solo lane. She can steal camps. It's not the end of the world. He can do his setup. He can do his clear. He can do his whatever her uh his q gives her a super obnoxious gap closure and then she just gets in there with her stabby hands and just okay hear me up are you ready for season 12 so ivern velvet solo lanes i like that 
No, not so Ivern Jungle, Velvet Soul Wing. No, Ivern Velvet Soul Wing. Okay. Oh so both God. of them are farming the jungle camps. <laughs> okay. Yeah. All right. And then your jungler is obviously oh. limited to how many camps you can get. Yep. But you have Nila, Nila bot. So what happens is every time a bot wave comes in on the tower, jungle goes down, you get the bonus shared experience. Got it. And he gets the bonus XP from losing his jungle camps. Mm -hmm. So your mm -hmm. solo lanes are a level ahead. Your jungler is even. I haven't figured out where the fifth player is going yet. Do you need a fifth player? Yeah, so Nila is going to have to solo lane bot. And you have two solo lanes and the jungler running around. The fifth player will play something. And I'll figure that out. Maybe Pike. bar with smite. Ooh, ooh, ooh. Senna could just get all the souls from all yeah, these people. Yeah, Senna, Senna run around with the jungler. Moby Three Senna's manas. just getting oh souls every side of the map. God, yeah, I can see that. So that we'll, we'll do that. We'll do that in a normal game. Um, yeah, we're testing. We're a big brain. Uh, but the thing is that makes me laugh is that we were, we could put a hundred hours into that. We could make it viable. And then if it ever appeared in a professional game, it would disappear by the next. Period. Oh yeah, definitely. Would. That's the thing. That's the thing that's annoying. You have that innovation, that creativity, but the, the second you go out of line, uh -uh, taken out. Uh, yeah, that's, that's what makes me a bit sad. You know, Talia came in for like one patch gone. Which was quite. She sad. was so broke. Yeah, of course. But <laughs> you, you didn't have to. She you, was so broke. Dude, dude, I was spamming that chat. I know you were. That's how, that's how I like. I, this the is second you're mad about anything. I know it's because this you've been is spamming the issue I've run into. I was a leasing one trick. Leasing got nerfed. Yep. Okay, I'll play Talia. It's OP. Okay, Talia got nerfed. Okay, I'll play Viego. Okay, Viego got nerfed. I looked at twelve thirteen. I'm playing Wukong Volibear. You know what got nerfed? Yeah. Wukong Volibear. So now I'm out of champions. Well, and bring it back to the land of seriousness. It feels like Wukong Volibear Viego were the three, I don't want to say blind pick junglers, but like the three like universally safe junglers. I don't know how much jungle counter pick actually matters. They were just like prio junglers, right? Yeah. And it's like Jarvan did get a buff, but not in a way that I think is um, hugely meaningful because it's his passive. And it's big because that was usually a flat six, six second cooldown. It goes down to three, but the way Jarvan was played at least recently, and there, this can always change, um, was just tanky boy, burn your full combo. Let's say do about a thousand damage, probably less. Um, live as long as humanly possible. Zanya's first few seconds yeah. die. And that means that maybe he gets another martial cadence proc, but in the world of much more durable champions, that initial burst damage is also just going to be significantly lower. And it doesn't feel like short of a change in how Jarvan builds that like we're going to have, at least to me, an immediate champion who jumps out to replace Viego's spot in that like top three safe. And there's always three. It yeah. used to be like it's Lee Sin, Zin Zhao, whatever. We're going to find out who the third is. I Maybe think Zin Zhao will be coming yeah. back. I think Zin Zhao will come back. I think Kindred can be played. Just going back to your Javan point, the way jungle works is jungle changes most of the time depending on the meta around him around mm -hmm. it so jarvan was meta because it's a jinx ophelios meta yep. immobile hyper carry ids you need hard engage right when those two fall out and estriel kaisa senna tomkin to the picks jarvan just becomes incredibly useless like there's really no reason to pick him when you know you're against Lucian, for example it's just it's horrible um <laughs> so he's fallen on. out wukong just got insane buffs uh, so that's why he came into it and then you just can just draft around it right you can just play like wukong or in your team fights like ridiculous uh viego is just resets reset city insurance uh works in basically every comp lease in as well fantastic pick yep. being picked a lot in asia not so much in europe um i know schlatan gets it banned against him a lot because he, he loves his lease in but Leeson functions re really well with things like Ari, LeBlanc, Lissandra, mm -hmm. uh, kind of burst mages. So yeah, jungle might, uh, might change up a bit. We might see a little bit of Ivern. Maybe we'll see a little bit of Belveth. Maybe we'll see a little bit of... Um, I would love to see Belveth, by the way. A little less of Viego. So yeah. 
We'll find out. But as you said, there's always a bit of a, a delay for pros to learn the new patch and learn what's good. So we'll see. Maybe we have another week of Viego and something else comes up. But mm -hmm. I wouldn't be surprised if we see a lot of innovation. There's a lot of creativity in week one, especially. We'll see how it, uh, it carried through to week two to a certain degree with the meta started to stabilize. But I think, you know, Seraphine getting buffed this patch means maybe we see more of those creative bot lane options. It's something we'll track as we head into the week. I'm still laughing about well, the fact that Singed Mid got nerfed. I, like, stopped playing League for, like, two weeks and just it sounds like well basically since 12 10 to be honest with you and it feels like the game is a mess <laughs> it is there is there's sadly just one last thing on the matter there's one thing we're gonna miss and it only happened twice in pro play but it's already nerfed is zeri mid ap and it oh, was played twice yeah once we did by reckless Eka, got popped yeah once by Eka and once by mns in, in the nlc mm -hmm. and it i it, love mark they, and spencer's great sandwiches yeah i love mark and spencer's too <laughs> um it was it was uh these games were absolute bangers like there was only two of them i saw maybe there was more but they were literally one-shotting everyone and i think it won almost every game that it was picked this champ uh yeah, it was disgusting so you were missed you'll be missed jerry mid you'll be missed 2022 to 2022 Oh, Danny boy. <laughs> Forget I tried that. Um. Anyway, yeah. Rest in peace, Siri Mid. I didn't catch those games. I just saw the highlight clips, and the highlight clips yeah, were dang. That's, yeah, me too. But we talked a little bit about Astralis because they're kind of standing at the top. We're going to talk to Finn about Excel. I think we're one of the other outliers, even though maybe you could have seen it coming with the way that they were progressing last season. But let's take a look. Vetti and Niski made a tier list last, se last episode. And there's one thing I want to point out before we talk about what aged well, what aged poorly, what we agree with, what Did we they, disagree why with. Why are they below? Yeah. Okay. So when I make a tier list, I say S through D because we always use all those tiers. Yeah. Vetti apparently just said, oh, just give me S through C. But then he made a D tier anyway. <laughs> now, this is before week two, remember? So this is just after week one. But this is what makes me, <laughs> this makes me laugh. It's so That's kind of funny. Actually. It's like you only have a C tier. And yet you still managed to find a way to put Misfits and BDS God at the bottom. God damn it, Vetti. So I think the only thing that immediately stand out, and, and they, they were pretty ready to be wrong in this, by the way. So if, if you have not watched the previous episode, uh, remember that they gave context for their tier list that I'm not yep. going to be able to give all of here. So um, if you want to roast Vetti, by all means do it. But, um, you know, if you want to do it for this tier list, just make sure you watch the, the episode. So Rogue was the one that after week one, I think they were rightfully, <clears throat> rightfully concerned about rogue but it feels like a bit a bit of redemption uh, here in week two yeah I, I think i can kind of see why they put them next to sk and c tier for week one because the only win rogue had was stealing an elder and acing mad in a game that they had no business in winning so they probably should have gone zero three that week damn and then it would make make sense why they would be in c tier have they bounced back now in week two the answer is i would still say no mm -hmm. even though they went 2-0 it was against astralis and misfits and both games were quite competitive um the Astralis game was competitive. We remember the Yonghoon Pike things. Larson was the one kind of dictating the pace of the game the whole time, right? And, mm -hmm. and Rogue showing us some good comps. But I don't think it's a game of like 37 minutes where long where you can be happy. Like we're stomping the bottom tier teams, yeah. you know. As much as Astralis isn't a bottom tier team, at the time Misfits was. Um, but they, I don't want to say they almost lost because again, they still had control of the game from start to finish. But there was points where they could have lost simply because VTO was... 120 cs up on larson he had like 400 cs at 32 minutes and they had a chance to win um so i think i don't know what the are playing against rogue i think i'm playing it's xl xl and sk so well it's a I one one the, schedule the theory. xl game will tell us a lot um as to where the strength is because i don't like jumping to conclusion as much as they're three two right now rogue, yeah, yeah. and they're tied for third their strength of schedule has well, been relatively easy and i think that the question is um for this rogue, last week sorry right is 
because Rogue were a top two, top three team in our league, is is like how far away are they from that point? I think realistically with what they've shown us so far, if they keep this pace, they're a playoffs team for sure. But I don't think that that's ever the lens that Rogue fans or even we would look at Rogue based on the fact that they've kept their roster, the fact that they were so good last season. So I expect to see them step it up over the season, but I, I agree the skepticism is there. I'd still probably put them giving them the benefit of the doubt in B tier, yeah. but people were like wanted to hold them in C. I, I would also say that that's reasonable because so far they've just... It has not been clean, and that's like they're winning, which is more than we could say for a lot of the teams around them in that C D tier area. But it's um, mm-hmm. it's not confidence inspiring. Uh, I would put them in B tier, especially for, sure. for the best of one kings, right? Like this is like yep. this was the thing that they always did good. And yeah, yeah. Now that's not good, which is concerning. Maybe it means now they're best of five. Maybe gods, best of five kings. But um, that's like not. This like is this, not a scientific they, thing. They all know? had like this hypnosis session about yes. best of ones are useless, best of fives are everything, best of ones are useless, best of fives are everything, and they just kind of chanted it for like an hour straight, and then they came and lost almost all three best of ones right away. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, their <clears throat> their week one schedule: Fnatic G two Mad, right? Pretty difficult. Um, for Rogue, not so much difficult normally in regular seasons. I think they would come out of that maybe 2-1. They only came out with one win. Then they beat Misfits Astralis. So it's hard to yeah, gauge really where they are uh, because G2 demolished them. Can they beat Excel, who's also first place? Are they bouncing back? I think uh, Odo said it'll take four or five weeks before any of these teams are even remotely in their close to their final forms or close mm-hmm. to the expectation that we will see from them. And that's kind of why... Um, the first couple of weeks of regular seasons are very hard to judge and it's very easy to jump to conclusions. And I feel like, you know, you look across the pond in an A, you know, CLG is first place. As much as I haven't been watching a lot of the games, I think a lot of people are surprised by that as well. Yeah. Um, now, I don't know how their strength schedule was. I don't know how their games went, but just for argument's sake, you know, that's kind of how the first couple of weeks of, of splits go. You know, even Brox, I mentioned this about Fnatic on the desk. I remember playing against Fnatic for four of those splits and, I think at least two of them, Fnatic started off like 0-5, 0-4 in some of those yeah. splits. And then they had this miracle run bounce back a couple of times. So, uh, yeah, you can never really jump to conclusion after a few weeks. Yeah, uh, I will say Fnatic is the other one, though, that now that you bring them up, that I am kind of concerned about. Again, not in the context of are they going to make playoffs, which is the next immediate goal. But, like, I look at Fnatic right now and I'm... I was kind of hoping that the team coordination would get better. And it still seems all over the place like the amount of times that it feels like uh and i don't want to just single razzwick out here because it feels like overall team coordination thing but the amount of times that like one player is going for the herald while the other team is like running the other guy's running to the bottom lane or they all go to herald and then one of them leaves but two of them stay it's it's very hectic and they're still good enough players that i think that they can fight their way out of it and if they make two or three mistakes they can still bring it back with one really well executed fight but Fnatic is the other team that i'm like i'm looking at to step it up you're completely correct that it is just a few weeks it is just a few games but when we look at week to week i want for fanatic's sake and for rogue's sake these two teams if they want to be back at the top i would love to see that steady development week to week sadly how it often happens is they'll just you know scrape through the regular season and then be a completely different team in playoffs but i'm hoping we can track that like week to week development because both of these teams feel like a bit of a shadow of what they were in spring. Yeah, and I mean, Fnatic are the ones who had that 54-minute game against BDS, right? It was just a, a slugfest of a game, which you can never really leave with your head held high, you mm-hmm. know, when you consider BDS a quote-unquote bottom-tier team, despite them having beat G2 the day before. Yeah. Uh, you come into that game and you go that long, you won because you stole Nash. You know, there's nothing to really review and be happy about. Uh, you play against Mad Lions and they basically dismantle you. 
you know, I don't know how else to say it because it just didn't feel like there was really anything happening for Fnatic in that game. Yeah. Um, so I think looking from the outside, Fnatic Spring just needed a mental reset, a mental break after that Rogue best of five where they got reverse swept in the TF thing and Yamato came in Euphoria talked about how their only real comfort and foundation and fullback was just picking yeah. TF because nothing else was working in scrims and their scrims in Spring weren't even that good. So it looks like from the outside, just a reset's what they need. Now that they've had that reset coming into summer, maybe they're finding their footing. You know, I think there's a lot of things that Yamato was happy about. The fact that he's got more people around him to work with the players to yep. help them out. Yep. Um, so, yeah, time is probably what they need. Um, and patience is what they need. Um, but yeah, I think they, they have very clear issues. And I think you're right in saying it's kind of being on the same page. And that's quite difficult to fix when you have so many ideologies on how the game should be played. But aligning them is is possible. And it's always possible. Yeah. And that's why oftentimes we see these big moments where teams can just explode. It's those breakthrough moments where people figure out how to make it work or figure out that one champion that makes their team work well together or stop scrimming in the case of Forgiven in H2K in 2016. <laughs> and and, and Albus knocks because no one wants to scrim. You just play WoW. And you then you make the WoW. quarterfinals. Yeah. Hey. Hey. Hey, we take hey. those. There's a wonder joke in there somewhere. We'll take it. Um, <laughs> the next question that we will not answer on our own is can Excel keep their spot at the top of the table? As I think now... Probably still fair to put G2 alone in S, but Excel clearly the, the second best team in the league. To answer that question, we're going to bring Finn onto the show. Legendary top laner. Handsome. Incredibly handsome. Tall. Dangly earrings these days. Love the Scandinavian. vibe. Scandinavian. Super Scandinavian. Ooh, Swedes. You know let's get in. <laughs> that was weird. Yeah, let's get <laughs> Finn in here. <laughs> All right, here's Finn. You missed it before you got here. We were being really hella awkward. Oh, yeah. we were just like we were praising you. We were Adjective. listening. To your, That's your fine. Strengths. I'm also awkward. So it's just, we, I fit right. We were right talking now. about your sick earrings. We were oh, yeah. talking about a lot. Scandinavian tall. Scandinavian tall. Handsome. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's do it again one more time. <laughs> no, <guys>. no, no. <laughs> I'm anyway, sure you've said enough. Uh, well, welcome, Finn. Thank um, you. The generic interview question is like, "How are you feeling?" So mm. we'll open with that one because it's a. We, we, we actually said uh, to say that it's you know so if we say it's generic it's yeah, it less of a it's less of a generic, less yes. of an interviewing yeah. sin yeah. Um, but you sure. are you're on top of the world right now it's only uh, two weeks yeah do you feel on top of the world, you, world? maybe on top of Europe <laughs> I don't know uh, oh yeah sorry our little world yeah, yeah. no, no world. it feels good obviously but I feel like this is kind of our expectations coming in like if I feel like we came in with expectations doing really well initially because mm -hmm. we had this bootcamp right and we had really good results so for us. Getting like a head start about all the other teams was very important uh, mm -hmm. to make sure we can actually make use of it. And I've, we all felt pretty confident on our level coming into the first weeks. And I think yeah, this is sort of expected. So this Korean bootcamp, when you came back, before mm. we actually dive into that Korean bootcamp, did you have a week break or did you jump into EU scrims and then straight into the split? No, I think about like one or two days break. And one then we just days? started scrimming. So again. you all went back to Berlin to the same gaming house, took a day or two to just yeah. rest from the jet lag. Yeah. And then back. When, when was that? Was that a week before the split started? No, so I think we came back in like the beginning of June. Mm. So we were in Korea all of May almost, came okay. back in June and then we just started scrimming almost. Wow, that's a lot. Yeah, but I think it was enjoyable to be honest that's because good. I think we, we really like found ourselves during that time mm -hmm. and we kind of figured out how we want to play the game and we picked up a lot of things from the good Asian teams and we were able to implement it on our play while we were yeah. coming back to Europe and seeing how it works against all these European teams because not only was there a lot of practice to be had but there was also this massive patch when we came back so we couldn't really afford to take time off because True. sure we had this bootcamp but then when we come back there's this massive patch Your everything ability. has changed yeah. Yeah. the meta Classic. is crazy what is going on uh, Kogma, Twitch, Fiora what is up like <laughs> yeah. I don't know uh, so we really just had to uh, 
just keep grinding and keep figuring it out. But I think we did a pretty good job of it. I mean, that's impressive. I, I hope that you guys keep um, feeling good as the season progresses because that's obviously like, that's a lot of time to be grinding, 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 grinding from Korea right back, you know, to EU. And you guys like, you made playoffs, you had a decent run and I'm excited to see how, how far it can go. But I am curious specifically like, um, aside from any niche strategy things that you can't give away, what was like what was like the biggest takeaway? Do you think from Korea was it like watching other teams and learning how they play a game? Was it like figuring out how you guys work together outside of the game? What was like the most valuable thing that you took away from that boot camp? Well, I think first of all, when you come to Korea, it's like everything is new. It's kind of like almost like a honeymoon phase, you know. Yeah. Everything is new. Everyone was very motivated. We had mm -hmm. a lot of good scrims, so everyone gave their one hundred ten percent every day. So I think that in itself made the scrims even more productive than they are in Europe. Mm -hmm. uh, and also all these teams just, I'm not sure how to say it, but they kind of showed us where you can abuse the teams that don't know what's going on. Yeah. Because in the beginning we were, I want to say we were getting that abuse, but we kind of like saw what they were doing to try to punish teams. If they didn't know what was going on, they would get insta-punished, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, mm. This could be stuff like uh, how you play for Herald or, or Drakes, for example. So so was it a progressive week? The first week you got there, wow, this is hard. And then week two, okay, we understand it now. Week three, wow, we can actually be competitive against these teams. And by the time you left, you're like, damn, we learned a lot. Mm, I think we came out swinging pretty pretty hard. But I think the, the quality of our opponents also grew every week. Because okay. It was almost like you climbed the the ladder, you know. In the beginning, you get the <laughs> you get the the low quality MSI teams. It's like a the, tournament; you have to prove yeah, yourself yeah, all the way yeah, to the yeah, top. And then yeah. by the end, you have the T ones, the RNGs. You know, it feels like you made it to the champions. So T one RNG. Yeah, I mean, those were the the best screen partners. Also, like EDG, also were incredible. EDG? Yeah. Yeah. Can you imagine world champs. Yeah, they're decent. That is that is the smart strategy though that I love is that by the time it's the end of Worlds or MSI, there's literally no one around to scrim. Yeah, G two complained about this. I've heard other teams complain yeah. about this because it's like, who do you scrim in finals uh, week? Exactly, like, especially even semifinals week sometimes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I think it's really cool that you guys were able to be here for that and to act yeah. as, as a scrim opponent for these teams and also for those teams to have you there and to any other team that wants to boot camp, go, go, go there. Especially like NA Worlds, like. You want to scrim the top, mm. let's assume, EU teams, kidding, uh, Asian teams, you know, like, <laughs> just be on the ground in yeah, NA, yeah. in the hotel next door, like, hey, guys, I mean, you, wanna, you need that practice. Need some practice. <laughs> <laughs> We're from a different region. I mean, if I was going to Worlds in NA, I would love to scrim some other good teams. So, yeah. should feel free to so hopefully they fly out earlier. Maybe there's a bootcamp in Korea before. Um, yeah. One thing I want to ask about the whole Korean bootcamp thing mm -hmm. is, was there one player in excel who you think grew the most from it because obviously markoon it's now his second year kind of in competitive um some of you are more veteran was there one player who stood out like wow their, their improvement curve is actually crazy mm, i think our bottling as a whole like really came together in korea because mm. i think in in spring they were good but now they became super good in korea uh, yeah i feel like they were just stomping all these noobs you know so it's, it's more so laning phase yeah i think i mean i think both me nuke and our botlane all improved our laning phases uh, a lot in korea but i think especially our botlane really stood out with the, their performances and mm. how dominant they were even against really good botlanes asian teams in lane pretty difficult to lane against. they are yeah but <laughs> they, you, once you get stomped a few times you do pick up what they're doing and yeah you, and you kind of like see oh okay that's how it's beating my ass you know <laughs> oh that's cool here's my question for for mark because i'm gonna put him on the spot because niski said this on the podcast last week and i want to know what your thoughts are on this yeah. he said that patrick and mickey x are the best bot lane in europe right now how do you feel about that no i think it could definitely be true i think they are oh you asked him I'm i asked so him sorry. i asked him because i thought that no you gave <sighs> a very calm response but they're yeah. your teammates so i didn't want you to have to be like yeah, nah, I see they're, you nah, have, you they're all yeah yeah yeah, 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 yeah. That's, why, that's why i dragged okay. him in <clears throat> mark uh, what do you think mark what do you think 
yeah, I mean, that's a, it's, it sounds like a bold statement, but is it really when you watch their games, you know? Um, I think Patrick's had some really good performances. Mickey's, I feel like Mickey's been on Enchanter duty. Maybe I'm wrong. Mickey I, has I played like his, three his or four games pool, of Yumi, no? But he's, <laughs> he's been on Enchanter duty. Let me just have a look real quick what he's been playing in the last five. Yeah, so three games of Yumi and a Nami game. Okay. Um, so I feel like Mickey has been having the, you know, I'll sit on Patrick playing like Lucian and, 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 uh, um, Twitch, I think he played as well. Yeah. There was one game, which I think the G2 game, your draft was, I guess, awkward. I feel like the Estrial pick from Patrick was like, oh, a, yeah. oh crap, they picked Lucian. Let's just take away Nami. And now you're yeah. like, so what AD do we pick? And then he was like, Estrial? Uh, let's see, we were red side, right? Yeah. So I'm trying to think how the draft progressed. They first picked Lucian, I assume. And I feel like we didn't really have any great response to then it. I think you went uh, Wukong Nami Wukong as Nami. a denial. Yeah, okay, yeah. So that was our plan. We give them Lucian and we take away the Nami to like kind of nullify the Lucian pick. But yeah. it didn't really work out that. I mean, I think they were doing fine that game. I think there were other issues. Yeah, Patrick Estrial, that game, obviously uh, fantastic. Yeah. I think he did a lot to keep you in it. But yeah, I, I would agree with that statement, actually. Um I think I would agree. I think it's it's. I've, I've been gone for two weeks, so I don't have a strong enough opinion. It's, My assumption would be because I've still seen upset and Hill saying do well in lane that those are yeah. probably the two fighting for it. Is there are there any more bot lanes that are, um, like really that need to be watched that are like terrifying bot lanes, or is it all? Is it pretty much like Patrick so, Mickey X? Who mm -hmm. else are you looking at? So I'm like really confused how the G2 button always gets like scrapped from these discussions because I actually think they're pretty good. Yeah, like I feel like. It's so easy for people to discredit G2 bot lane for, mm. I don't know, because just because their top set is like so good. I, mm -hmm. I actually think they're very, very solid as well. It, it also depends on what you value, right? Do you value the best bot lane in the world being able to just smash lane every game? You know, but then how good are they outside of lane or how flexible are they, right? I think the most flexible bot lane in the league is probably G2's bot lane. You can give them anything, especially if you get Senna, they will play anything. You know, they yeah. could flack it on Sion or Yasuo. They can put Targamas on Swain and give the Senna to flack it, right? So I feel like they're the most flexible and the most willing to be stable and give up for the team if they need to are they the best lane phase bot lane who's going to smash you it wouldn't stand out to me as much i think they would they have a really good lane um but in terms of lane phase patrick mickey look the best so far uh but it's so early on i mean we've even seen upset and hilly play like draven morgana but when they played draven morgana it was a lot of 3v3s it wasn't so much 2v2 lanes and mm -hmm. uh jungle was just camping bot a lot of the time for that from their side razork was and that, the enemy side yeah it was that the game when rascus came bot and like 1v2 double killed their bot lane <laughs> just like completely there was a out. game like that yeah. where razork just came down and just killed their bot lane after i think a, a minute ago they got ganked upset yeah, and, Hilly yeah, and yeah. they had to lose their sums or something but yeah they're upset hilly's definitely playing champs for lane i would say rather than mm -hmm. for team whereas xl's bot lane's playing more for team rather than for lane other than Lucian Nami I guess yeah uh, it's interesting uh, it, Finn do you have any idea why do you think people underestimate Flacket and Targamas I would love to you know because you obviously have a lot of scrim inside as well but maybe yeah. based on Sage games do you think it's, it is just the fact that their top side is so strong or that maybe they play away from bot lane it means that they're just not going to get that yeah, spotlight I just feel like people need to find something to just like criticize you know and bot mm. lane is like an easy target for G2 just because they're always they're often playing top side right and mm. Their bot lane often gets put on low, low resource and it gets played away from. Maybe in draft as well, they don't have... Obviously, yeah, they have like free very vocal top uh, top side players and mm -hmm. uh, maybe they don't always draft as uh, selfishly as they should sometimes. I'm, I'm not completely sure. So when you scrim these Asian teams, their bot lanes, whether it's EDGR and GT1, whatever it may be, were they drafting so much for lane where your bot lane was either getting smashed in lane or learning a lot from lane itself or was it that like you're you're just playing your top lane and all of a sudden enemy support is top at minute four and you're like how is this possible can we mm. do this uh 
Yeah, there was a lot of fighting in those scrims. I'm gonna be real. Like there was non-stop action in almost every lane, every game. So it was very volatile. The games, um, and productively so, volatile. Or yeah, I would like, say this so. Is a bloodbath. No, no, no. I think we that, that's how we we came yeah. out and learned a lot because sure they're just like skill shaking you, but if you skill shake them back, you still have to play the macro game. You know, you can't just completely neglect it. So there was a lot of fighting, and I think especially back then the mid lane champion pool was very like. Uh, representative of that there was a lot of the Galios and yep. the Lissandras uh, the Aris you know you just gotta get as a mid laner you just gotta get into the fight and, and throw your like all your spells and try to seize some, mm. some guys and just kill them you know so uh, last question for me about the screen bootcamp mm -hmm. is was there any player that stood out to you from the teams that you played against whether it was top lane or any other role I mean, so I really thought Zeus was a complete nutcase to play against because I, I played against all these good top, top laners like Flandre obviously world champ Bin yeah. World semi-finalist 2020, yeah. he was insane as well. Uh, but Zeus just was like on another level. I felt like this guy. I felt like he had plot armor, you know. I don't know if you ever. <laughs> plot yeah, armor. Yeah, yeah. I don't know if you ever like watched the show. You're like, this guy should have been dead ten times by now. But he's yeah. so lucky. Yeah. He always gets out of it alive. I'm like, he can't keep getting you, away you, with you, this. You have this moment where you're like, wait a second. Is he the main character? Yeah. Am, I, am I the bad guy? Is it, is it like, his world we're living in? Oh, no. <laughs> I remember like, I was just playing GP and I like barreled here and then I barreled here and he just like walked over it. Like he just walked through my barrel and I was like, this guy's like plot in your armor. Face. Yes, in my <laughs> face. And I'm like, this guy's plot armor. There's no way. He's this is not forwards. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Holy. Okay. I couldn't believe what I saw, but I think he was super good, super talented. And uh, yeah, I was very impressed by him. Wow, that's good. That's a lot to learn. That's uh, awesome. Especially from like lane phase and everything, I think. Yeah. I love that. And that's the kind of quote that's going to stick. So thank you for that. Because we're going to say that. We have to do that in a cast. That's yeah. that when my we're little narrative worlds. brain is. Mm, 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 <laughs> <laughs> Zeus, Zeus gets the 1v2. It's the plot armor. We're going to get a red tide. Dracos needs to stop quoting that same thing that Finn said a month ago every time Zeus does anything. He's got my guys. I don't know what to tell you. He's got plot armor. Like that's the. That, ooh, you give me a buzzword. Mm, running away with it. Um, plot armor. No. I mean, no, it is a cool thing. And I mean, he's definitely a player. It's also impressive because he's he's so young. And I'm excited to see what um, T1 can do as they continue to grow. Yeah. And I'm, you know, doubly scared. And Excel. And Excel. And Excel, of course. Well, yeah. I wasn't trying to say not Excel. I was yeah. just giving T1 their moment. T1, exciting, hype. <laughs> Excel on that front, though, a lot of what you, uh, the way that you phrased this boot camp was like uh, getting that running start, hitting the ground running. Yeah. Like, how do you, how do you keep that momentum going? Because as much as I love... All of our teams here. I imagine your practice quality has dropped a little bit. Mm -hmm. There's still adaptations because the patches are still pretty decent in size. Like we're seeing pretty, pretty big pro play focus nerfed and nerfs and buffs across mm -hmm. just about every patch that's come out since 1210. So how how do you keep that momentum moving forward? Because now that you guys have gotten to playoffs, it feels like now we're now when we look at Excel, and you can correct me if I'm wrong here. I, I'm assuming that you guys want to go to Worlds. And I'm yeah. assuming that that is, that is number one on your mind. Because I know the org, it was like, you made playoffs. Great. The memes are dead. Finally. Finally. God bless. You're here now. Uh, and now it's like, now the next logical step is is Worlds. Top three. Yeah, I mean, we kind of want to win the split, you know. That's kind of what we're working towards. Okay, in the league. fair. Uh, but yeah, I think it's very important that we keep up the focus in practice. Because it's mm -hmm. very easy to grow bad habits if you become disrespectful towards your practice and the teams you play. Yeah. So making sure you bring your 100% focus into practice every day and make sure you practice these fundamentals that you've actually grown good at and you actually can execute on them consistently every game and, mm. and keep abusing the mistakes of other teams uh, and not just like try to beat them in lane with mechanics or yada that, yada this. Just, uh, yeah, just keep working on those fundamentals and 
don't grow disrespectful. I think it's the most important. Yeah, something I notice a lot through teams, whether they win the split or not, there's always drops in the split, no matter what. No matter any team, even you go back to the G2 2019 days all throughout the last couple of years, every team that's won a split has always had like that fall from grace in a regular mm -hmm. season, whether it's a week or two. That's normally how it lasts. And then they pick themselves back up and they mm -hmm. have like this insane run uh, that we talked about earlier, the Fanatics starting off the split, you know, 0-4, with, you know, whoever it may be, and then they start to win the splits. G2 had their drops with weeks where they would go 0-2 or 0 four throughout two weeks and then they'd have all the memes on social media like we're doomed and then of course they weren't doomed their g2 uh so yeah i feel like being very aware that it's coming this drop yeah and every team's gonna have it no matter what and how do you get out of it asap whether it's a meta read that was wrong or you're just playing the game wrong or the mentality is bad it's just about finding the root of the problem quickly and getting out of it yeah i think um towards the end of the season i think we were you were I, now i can't remember i talked too much to mickey <laughs> that's the problem yeah. <laughs> i was trying to i was trying to gauge like i guess the question is like where do you see yourself in the context of the league right now because right now you're you're obviously you're tied for g2 but best of one standings can be you know misleading we've yeah. obviously seen games that teams who should have won didn't win teams who should never have won have won so are you are you top two right into there next to you with G two? I think a lot of people want to put a gap between you and G two because G two always has this aura of plot armor uh, again, plot armor, untouchability, yeah. plot yeah. armor. Um, where, where do you see yourself in, in the big in the overall standings at this at this moment in time? Uh, I don't know. I feel like in this moment of time, it's pretty relevant where you stand because mm -hmm. I think it's most more important for us that we are ready for for playoffs because I feel like last year we kind of had a poor playoff showing uh, I feel like we could have done way better against Vitality and our level right now is pretty relevant to how it's going to be in what is it like seven weeks or something That's it's a long time. time until that so yeah yeah, yeah. Uh, I think right now we are pretty good but in the end it doesn't really matter if uh, if we collapse again and playoff starts so what was is is the collapse and I love this quote and again this is a quote that we're, we're probably going to kill and murder to this point because it's just so good but I think the concept that Oduwamne talked about so long ago now uh, it was like this Armageddon that happens between regular season and playoffs <laughs> where every team seems to like implode and like there are communications issues and it's the yeah. team who comes out of that inevitable civil war that does well yeah. was that a similar situation for excel did it feel like because it felt like you guys were on a really good pace halfway mm -hmm. through the regular season i think people were looking at you as uh or mickey was going so far as to say you guys might be a top three team mm. a lot of people were skeptical at the time but yeah. um hearing scrims it sounds like a lot of the other top teams were agreeing that excel was the big bad the big scary team and then it just didn't manifest on stage and i'm curious what actually what actually went wrong for you guys in in that playoffs run well, I think just in spring, our practice wasn't as productive as it is now. I feel like we were just skill-checking people, uh, playing super aggressive, especially I think me and our bot lane, we were just playing overly aggressive in scrims. Mm -hmm. And we would just win games because we would like 1v2 or 2v3 and the games would just snowball out of control and we really wouldn't learn much out of it. But I think we put a conscious effort into playing less volatile in scrims. Uh, me and our bot lane especially I think our mid jungle always were pretty good uh, <laughs> and controlled but uh, we really made sure we don't really waste scrim time by just yeah going yeah. crazy you know and uh, mm. I feel like because when stage hits people are playing safe you know people aren't going to give it these opportunities and you're going to farm even a lot of the matchups mm -hmm. the, the, the matchups aren't going to be as swingy as they are in scrims so having those fundamentals to to fall back on once the game slows down is, is incredibly important i think when the the playoff comes are you <clears throat> are you surprised with where you are now as a team just let's imagine you in january when you sign to excel you've got advian and support you come in i think your first three weeks you went around two and four 
and then Mickey comes in for week three. You slow improvement curve throughout the regular season. Playoffs was okay. Korea boot camping the best teams in the world. You come back in your first place. How has the last like four months been? Because that sounds like you've gone from very little expectations to a mm. lot really quick. So I think the moment I joined and we started scrimming, I had immediately very high expectations just because in scrims we were very good. Mm. But then the first weeks came and I think we didn't really perform on stage very well and we had some issues and maybe that confidence left a little bit. But yeah, coming back around, I always felt like the amount of talent on the team was always very high. And mm. I feel like we actually fit very well together as well. Uh, and we kind of knew how we wanted to, to cooperate and, and work together. Uh, so I don't think my expectations were ever like below top three. Are you are you a confidence player? You know, if you have confidence going on stage, do you feel like you play better? And if you are, then does your confidence come from scrims, like winning the scrims? Mm. I think everyone is a confidence player to some degree, mm. right? It's just about how yeah, big yeah, that yeah, degree yeah. is. Yeah. Are you like, <laughs> yeah. oh, I lost so Are you the kind of person I, 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 that can, yeah, yeah. Can, can lose scrims and be like, it doesn't matter anyway, I'm going to play just as good on stage? Or are you the kind of person who wins scrims and is like, wow, we're so good, we're going to win on stage? I mean, I would like to say I'm not, but, yeah. you know, I yeah, kind of yeah. have to be a little bit realistic I, as well and think that, of course, if I think scrims are going great, I feel very good about all my champions that I want to play on stage, mm. then it's going to feel better. Because one thing that happens in scrims is if you win with, like, two champions, whatever, you want to play those on stage. Yeah. And then if you don't get them on stage, you're like, oh, shit. Yeah, oh, shit. Yeah, now I have to but, but if you but, but if you win on everything in scrims, almost, you feel very confident going to stage because I feel like no matter what happens in the draft, I feel like we're going to come out on top. Yeah. I think there's a certain calm to that. that, mm -hmm. that True. Maybe. So is that, what is then the most important thing for you to perform at that, that peak level to have that confidence? Is it just a huge variety of champions and scrims? Is it like trusting your teammates? Like, is there like a silver bullet for you that like guarantees a good performance in every game? <laughs> counterpick, fifth, fifth pick counterpick. Ooh, our, right our five top. Our, oh, our five Aurelia uh, guaranteed uh, performance. Like uh, what, what is it like? It's a hard question, right? No, nah, so, it's pretty simple. I think it's good sleep to be honest. <laughs> no, <laughs> no, no, like, <laughs> screw the screams and chat. Joey picked me anything. I had eight hour sleep. Baby, like I just got this massive AC that I ordered because Berlin is so warm, and oh, now so I'm gonna hot. win every game. Like, it's an AC. We're gonna say that on the cast. It's, it's an Excel AC winning. It's, it's an, an AC. AC yeah, we've been feeling that. I like. Oh, no, man. but ironically, if you, if you sleep bad, you feel like the day is ruined. That's I feel true. like you can't focus the uh, same. And I feel like if you just sleep well, you feel very. You feel like no matter what's gonna swung at you, you're gonna be able to handle it. It's so true. The amount of scrims I've had in my pro player career where it's like one person slept bad and they just in the first game it's like, ah, <laughs> oh, today is just the biggest waste of time, isn't it? Like, if Mr. Johnny slept bad, we're screwed all day. You know, it's oh, just, man. oh, it's horrible. That's so. Funny, and it's the worst man. in summer, of course. Yeah, it, it just is. gets so hot. Like, and it's it, unbearable. It, you can't really sleep sometimes. Yeah, I feel that. That was my experience last night, yeah. and I, I stayed at Mark's house the other night because my house is it doesn't have a bathroom currently. It's getting remodeled. Okay, Yay. but it means I'm like I'm like couch surfing for like oh, the next two weeks. Yeah, and I stayed at Mark's house, and he's like, "There will be no sleep." And we're, I know, and I'm, just, I'm laying <laughs> yeah, there on his like... couch, and I'm like, "I know Mark is in the other room doing the exact same thing because it's <laughs> just so." hot yeah he literally takes an like an ice pack out of his fridge and he just hands it to me and he goes this is our ac yeah, I, said, <laughs> I don't have ac but i took an ice thing out the free freezer and i was like look just put it on your belly it'll, it'll feel good <laughs> and again, i fell asleep like this with just an ice pack oh, like, it's like you feel like such a just degenerate yeah, human. yeah. No, I, 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 I used all the voodoo as well you know i took like wet towels and hung them around the room to kind of like cool the room down <laughs> oh i put my i put a pillow in the freezer for like 15 minutes genius 
genius. Uh, that's all the voodoo I could think of. Holy but. summer sleeping tips with the euphoria. All right, yeah. all right, all right. Here's here's the dark technology. I used to work in a coffee shop, and okay. during the summer it gets hot, like yeah. north of 100 Fahrenheit, whatever the hell that is in Celsius. And what we'd do is we'd you'd soak a T-shirt in water, freeze it, and then you it takes forever because once you fold it and it freezes you have to like break it open <laughs> but then you put that t-shirt on and you just wear it till it starts to cool off and then you put it back in the freezer and you just doesn't it snap the material no no it doesn't actually snap the material but it does make a cracking sound because the ice is breaking yeah. yeah and you just cycle those t-shirts and that oh was how my. i stayed sane that sounds you so could nice. do it in bed and it would feel really good but you would also probably ruin your bed oh yeah the water would just the water would just go everywhere like maybe yeah. you put a towel under yourself but that's that's my life hack i feel like there's a sweet spot between putting the t-shirt on and you're like like freezing to death <laughs> and then when it's melted or whatever the no, ice is gone it's just too wet. that's the best part but there's a like, sweet spot when in the you middle. put it on you're like this is uncomfortably cold but then within like 30 seconds you're like oh shit you're i'm like, gonna Ooh. i'm gonna try that because i don't know about you guys but i like lose iq points for every degree above like 25 yes, it yes. is i Let's, get like so you get stupid. slow yeah you get you're like so slow you're like all right i'm gonna get out of bed and i'm gonna shower i'm gonna watch the day and then it's like an hour later and it's not even like you're on your phone you're just like what have uh, I been doing? Where am I? Like, what is happening? Yeah, what I know that. I feel. I know that feel. It's just too hot to think. Yeah, uh, that's why. You know. I'm, I'm laughing at the who's ever listening to this podcast. It's somewhere where there's like a reasonable temperature. They're like, talk about League of Legends. Yeah. If you're in Berlin, you're like, I feel you. <laughs> or oh, they're my, sitting there ah. in the heat, like. <laughs> <laughs> what are they talking about what again? Are they, what are they, <laughs> Tell me about it. <laughs> what were they speaking about? <laughs> uh, anyway, I want to I want to run some overreactions past you before we talk about your upcoming schedule. Well, I love overreactions, man. That's great. I'm. It's Excelsior so good. This, this is that clickbait. Yeah. Um, actually, before before we do that, um, Marky Mark. Yeah. Top three after week three. I missed this in the first episode. Oh yeah, this was our first episode predictions of who would be the top three. Because I didn't um, know this, because apparently we're doing a different list every week now. Yeah, so this is Vedis' idea was, instead of predicting who's going to be at the end of the split, the best teams, predict after the first three weeks where it's the most unpredictable. Um, That's looking embarrassing, Mark. I know, uh, right? Yeah. So I thought Rogue would be a safe bet. I uh-huh. think all three of us did, because Rogue always does Why well is Fnatic on all three of yours? You even said yourself, there's this thing historically where so Fnatic our logic always... was... We came to the conclusion that G2 would come in weak because the MSI hangover, everyone says it about every team mm-hmm. in the world. So that was our expectation. Wrong. So then, therefore, we put Fnatic over them. Um, and then the last one was just pure choice. Vedius put Mad because of Niski. I put Vitality because Haru. Maybe they have a chance in best of ones. Uh-huh. And uh-huh. Yamato said Excel. And obviously, one of us had inside information <laughs> about scrims. <laughs> you can guess which one it was. Mark, you can just ask. <laughs> Yeah, we're literally in the same world. Yeah, that's true. Actually, right. I could have just asked. First, I first, don't like getting in the competition side of Excel. You know, I'm just kind of like. First, over you're doing reaction. the Twitter memes only. Yeah, I just do the Twitter <laughs> stuff. My first uh, overreaction, not a real overreaction, is just that we will never give a good MVP vote as long as there's a pro player or coach here, and that the yeah. fact that Triple Fanatic is on your top three and there's no. It's true. Yamato, why is there no G two? Like, surely that has to be the safest. The MSI bet. hangover, but I think <laughs> you know what I think it is. You know what I think <laughs> it is. That's that's I more tangible than Fanatic just being like. You know why I think we chose Fanatic? Yamato has the plot armor. Yeah. Yamato does. He was the main character. He's got in that the voice. Voice. He, he was super. Fnatic is gonna dominate yeah. uh, summer. Shurima. Here's. Does anyone else in Sweden sound like that? Yes, we all sound like that. Okay, Hello? I was did just you ever like, go, come did on, you like ever go to Sweden? Because I'm just trying to understand how <laughs> do we ever go to Sweden? Got so sultry. Maybe we do. 
Yeah, Finn, how would you play about playing in, or feel about playing in Sweden? We're in Sweden. Yes, I'm an outfit of pressure to get a pentakill. You know. You would. Yes. Good. That's good. So the pressure's on because we're going to Malmo. Ma- we're going to Sweden. We're going to Malmo. <laughs> we're going to Sweden. Oh Announcement's my- out today, but this episode will be oh out tomorrow. So, so hopefully know. the announcement is out today. Otherwise, when you watch this tomorrow, we're I just got, I got permission. That, from okay. we're good. <laughs> that is hype. That, that is, is that hype. Is hype. Yes. Are you excited? Yes. Yeah. That is real hype. There's you and Larson. Yeah, and unforgiven. And unforgiven. And there's one more boy. I forgot who it is. And Lord knows someone in our production team is going to ask Reckless to show up and be on the analyst desk or something. <laughs> there's there's one more boy. I forgot the last Got to get boy. Reckless in there. Just there's great. It's it's historic. Oh, oh treats. Treats. Yeah, yeah, that's, mm. nice. that's the last Same boy. timing. Yeah. yeah, four Swedish players. Maybe it's, one of them makes it to the finals weekend. I know big live audiences have been away for a long time. Uh, and I don't want to spend too long here, but are, is it is it exciting to play in front of a home crowd? I don't know. I can't remember your career. Have you ever gotten yeah. to play in front of I a mean, home I crowd? I felt like, because we were going to Malmö in 2020 summer when I was in Rogue. Yeah, and yeah. I felt like I got robbed of my home crowd, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, because stuff. of COVID. So now it's really my chance to make it back there and, wow. and, and actually play in front of a Swedish crowd. That would be insane. Yeah, I'm really looking forward to it and I, I think we're going to make it. Playing top in front of a home crowd must be like like bucket list level, like top things to remember as a, throughout your life, right? So that must yeah. be a hell of an experience. I'm it's s- finals weekend, so it would be the top three teams. Top three. I am yeah. so ready for us to do an interview with you and we'll do that thing that we're always going to do which is like do you want to say anything to the Swedish fans and then you're going to say a bunch of stuff I don't understand yeah let's get you know you're just going <laughs> to yeah, say let's get <laughs> you're going to say a bunch of stuff I don't understand and I'm just going to hope that it was wholesome and not yeah. you just being like you guys are all idiots I <laughs> or just you. do the Carlos <laughs> like what was he said the one, one, one word shit uh, yeah, that, yeah, yeah beep beep yeah yeah classic <laughs> classic carlos yeah. yeah carlos no I'm pumped for you I'm pumped for the team I hope you guys can make it and any Swedish players obviously there can only be three teams, so not everyone will get those five players. There can only be one. So it's, 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 it's Mad, Rogue, XL, and SK with the Swedish players. I thought you said that we were going to make it to the finals. I was like, oh, no, wow, you're the... on some weird shit, man. <laughs> we're on some weird shit. <laughs> but you said plot armor once, and now all of the analysis has gone out the window. He's just like, what would make the best story? Do you know, do you know what needs that plot armor? <laughs> Europe at Worlds. Oh, my God. It had it in 2019. It was so true. It really we did feel like it had plot stuff, armor. And it was just, we couldn't lose. We need the plot armor back. I want the plot armor back. All right, back on track. Yeah. Overreactions. First one, Vitality will miss playoffs. <laughs> Uh, I'm gonna two, say three. I'm gonna say it's between like I feel like Astralis is their weirdly enough Astralis is the one team that they have to beat to make it because the clear top six is XL G2 Mad Fnatic Rogue that's the top five mm-hmm. the sixth spot I think is between Astralis and uh, Vitality I would say but I've no I. I'm going to say Astralis is going to make it and Vitality is going to miss. You know why? Because I've said for eight times in a row now that surely Vitality will make it. After their week one super week in spring, they'll be fine. After their regular season, they'll make playoffs. After their playoffs run, they should make it to top four. After top four in summer, they'll be top three by the end of the week three. And now they're in seventh place. And they've let me down too much. This is super hard to predict, actually. I, I was actually thinking about it as well. Is it Astralis or Vitality? I feel like Astralis has a better chance of making it. As of now... <laughs> Obviously, I just think you'd agree. <laughs> it's week two. It's week two, and it's very early. But I actually think Astralis is a bit of a gem right now. I feel like they're playing very well, and they kind of figured out a style that really works for them. Mm. But it's going to be hard to keep that going for the whole of summer. So uh, they need to show some adaptability and, and, mm. and actually uh, show multiple styles of play that they can actually perform at. Well, Vitality... It's they have a rough road ahead as well, but they can make it for I, sure. I don't know what the situation with the bow factor is, but if yeah. the bow factor comes into play... Maybe I'll change my mind. So, but for now, I'm on the Astralis chain. What I understood is that Bo is studying English in the summer split and he might play next year. But okay. I don't know, actually. Okay. I, I'm, so I, it looks like it'll be this roster for them. All right. 
I mean, I don't know, to be completely honest <laughs> with you. Because I think when this roster came out, the general talking points were like, this roster is going to be incredibly volatile. And while every time we talk to Parks or anyone on the team, it seems like everyone is getting along, it still feels like we've never seen a, a consistent level of performance. You've had those like good weeks from Vitality, and you've had those bad weeks, and obviously you had that... Um, truly abysmal best of five versus g2 where like they had game three and then it was just like i'll never forget makes called perks watches his team die <laughs> <laughs> um uh well i was gonna say something but i forgot um that's fine we'll find out but i like my next question was astral star gonna make playoffs but now we don't even say that one because it sounds like conveniently these are the two that are going neck and neck at this point in our estimation mm. and if vitality are making oh yeah now i remember Astralis what i was gonna say if, if vitality don't make, make playoffs the best tweet is probably self-made <laughs> 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 with the with the fairly odd parents yeah, tag. yeah 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 sure it's definitely the bigger yeah i'm sure that's that's I, i'm i'm gonna guess that the org wishes that they could blame do go away with that meme but sadly yeah. uh yeah, it's I gonna think, be a I little think, bit more complicated than that, my friend. I think Astralis make it. If Vitality make it, great. We'll see how their playoffs run goes. Um, but but I feel like it's a, it's about time Astralis are alive. You know, how long yeah. have they been in the LEC? And I don't think they made playoffs once, have they? Nope. Um, not since they rebranded. Not since it was, they rebranded from Origin. Yeah, it was really mm. it was odd. They opted for the rebrand <clears> the year that they um, downgraded their roster, yeah. which was odd. If they had done it this year, but they did finish tenth as well with upset Alfari, Xerxes. That roster, I, I was playing in that split. Nuketuck. They finished 10th in that split. So mm. they went. Good so, reminder. That's, <laughs> why got, that's your teammate. You got this grin on your face. <laughs> do, you kind of, do you do you harass him about that? I'm like, nah, you finished 10th. Uh, I mean, I don't know if I could take advice from a 10th place mid laner. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you know, they have the last place NA card, so I can never really say much. Oh, that's true. Oh, damn. That's, that's rough. Yeah, but I mean, now you've got first place EU card. Yeah. Hey. But there's still the 10th place NA card. Yeah, there's still the 10th place NA card. Blood doesn't wash off that easily. You know how you did the two-time TCL yeah. champion in the finals for Armwood. Yeah, if yeah. he's in the finals, like, the 10th place NA top laner. <laughs> when he makes like a super play in Sweden. <laughs> We're in Sweden. <laughs> We're not don't. in LA. <laughs> That's Please my favorite don't. part. Oh, no. <laughs> I love that call from Trevor so much because it's just so random yeah. <laughs> it's like it's quadra kill word sweet and it's like you know in his heart he's like i'm gonna say some clever shit about like how much this must mean because we're in sweden but then like all that comes out of his mouth is we're in sweden but it's still so iconic it's, so it's iconic. legendary it's, I love it's legendary, yeah, it's I, lo legendary. I think it's my favorite moment actually in all of like you finals i think that's my favorite moment you don't sweden. you don't miss it's so you authentic. You don't miss FPX, get ready, G2 <laughs> are headed to Paris. <laughs> That's my favorite. I was so pumped, bro. I was without a crowd, too. Yeah. I was banging. Oh, good times. I love live crowds. I am now so we're back excited. for live crowd in, in summer. That's hot. I don't know. Swedish fans. I'm going to learn some Swedish. Is Sweden hot? Uh, it's perfect, actually. I, I was thinking we should mm. move the LSE to Sweden. I had like this whole plan thought out in my mind that it's just way better, but uh, I didn't really get it, didn't really catch on. Didn't uh, really catch on. No yeah. one was fan. The Riot executives were like, mm. you, had a, you had a board meeting with Riot? Yeah. Oh, okay. They're I had like, like a nice PowerPoint. <laughs> I brought some I brought some Swedish snacks as well, like mm -hmm. trying to really push it, you know, solidly, but yeah. it, didn't really, it didn't swing at all. <laughs> some <Yeah>. national treasures. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we'll work. We'll work on it. We'll see what we can do. Yeah, thank you. Um, Next one, we'll call it the last one. Fnatic will not make it to Worlds. How many teams are making it to Worlds? This three. Point? Three. Well, um, wow, that's a tough one. Because then you're saying, so the, the immediate expectation of Worlds for EU, if you just close your eyes, no look at sendings, is probably G2 Fnatic Rogue, right? That's just from last year, and that's what expect, you would expect this year. 
Well, G2 obviously didn't make it last year, but this year, you know, they're, they're doing much better. So I would expect it this year because they made MSI. Mm-hmm. You feel like you, you have an idea here of something. No, I was thinking there's no Excel in that. Uh, yeah, that's why I said, said that's what you'd think. You know? yeah, yeah. But actually, given summer, I think it's something like maybe G2. Oh, damn, that's hard. Yeah. I mean, my like initial guess would be just like G2 Excel mad, but I'm not sure. It's just so hard mad. to say this early. Yeah. Wow. Mad look good, to be fair. Yeah, we haven't mentioned mad much, but they do look good. Yeah, we can talk about. What's... I don't know. Niski's have changed that team entirely. I think I think Niski is fantastic. That guy is smurfing so hard. <laughs> well, it's I crazy think... how much it, I mean it changes the entire team. Well, I think that when they talked a lot about last year, it felt like the biggest hole was that the not necessarily the individual performance, which I do think Niski has been really good individually, but also just like the leadership gap and the fact that because other people on the team had to step up to talk yeah. more, to speak more, to be mm-hmm. more organized, it meant that they couldn't focus on whatever it is that they were doing well when mad was really successful so the fact that niski uh, obviously a different player than humanoid but provides that same level of confidence he talked about his shot calling when he was on the episode previously and like trying to get everyone on the same page and that process it feels like he fits in a lot of what humanoid provided for mad when they were successful in the past mm-hmm. and it's i'm not surprised to see the transformation because to me it feels like they've kept a lot of their strengths that they had historically which is they're still very good team fighters they make really good calls around fights and but now their early game is cleaner obviously Niski's just a better individual player in lane and their mid game's cleaner because he's i feel like making better calls and yeah yeah i think elioya is really like benefiting out of Niski. i feel like yeah. elioya had a huge responsibility last split and uh he just had to just basically dictate everything by himself but now mm. Niski has that then he can like bounce ideas something game they can discuss they can yeah. just figure it out better and i think those two are working super well together and yeah i mean it shows i mean it shows i think there was a graphic we saw with like how much elio is actually getting and benefiting yeah. from Niski giving up um in terms of gold share and things like this uh, i would say in terms of that overreaction because i like overreactions and it's weak too it's I'm also gonna, weak. That's why it's an overreaction. Yeah, I'm like if say, someone tries to hold you to like, but you said Fnatic wouldn't make worlds in week, in week two. two you told like, me, and now they're in the quarterfinals. <laughs> <laughs> wow, <laughs> that's exactly what I'll see. Um, I would say they won't make. They won't make it. I feel like there's odds are there's a lot of competition for it. Rogue, XL, Fnatic, G2, Mad. I think those five teams we keep talking about are all going to be fighting for worlds, and there's only three spots, right? When I like that we're in a world where. Um, that's the case because usually it's like you know your playoffs teams and you know your top two sometimes it's a top three for like one split it was like a top four but the fact that we have a top five where it feels like anyone can do anything really yeah maybe finals will be a different discussion you know i still think like you we're always like g2 is probably going to have the benefit of the doubt in a lot of situation plot armor but it really feels like we have no you said it plot armor i think tonight's gonna make it that's also true fanatic has plot armor i mean like that's that's the thing right is i think that people just when it comes to tense situations people always are going to side to the g2 and fanatics because they've just seen those teams succeed in those tense Mm. situations but on a gameplay level ignoring all history just present moment if we take the the orgs behind them off or the name well not the nameplates off right i just it does feel like we have five really really competitive teams and i hope it stays that way for the season because the league as cool as it was when it was g2 and fanatic versus like everybody else I like that we're in a world where anyone can win, anyone can step up, because it makes all of the top games that much more exciting, personally. Yeah, agreed. I mean, yeah, we talked about it earlier, right? The BDS. Did you see that game, BDS yes, uh, Fnatic. against Fnatic? Dude, I, I saw the first minutes, and then I went for a walk, and then I came back, and then it was still going, and then it was like this complete <laughs> banger ending. And it, uh, yeah. That game was whack. The Baron health regen. Yeah, yeah I saw that. The Seri bounce with the, yeah. the Zappies. Yeah. Just stole it. Oh game God, of inches. Plot armor, baby. Upset. <laughs> uh, Still the Baron. 
Um, um, that was a great game. That was a great game to watch. It does feel like a lot of the games are a lot more competitive. Even the bottom tier teams just look competitive. Yeah. Um, I don't know if that makes me happy because we've got you know nine or ten teams that can play against each other and have a good best of one, or if it scares me going to worlds where I'm like, I have no idea which are one of these teams are going to worlds. Are we good or are we all, are we all good shit. or are we all like close hmm. in skill? You know, is the top five all insane now instead of just having G2 Fnatic? And the hope is that the answer is yes, uh, but we'll see. I'm hoping for yes too. That said. Euphoria MVP. Last week, it was Niski. Sung his praises already. I think fair <coughs> in that super week. This week, we think it's an Excel player, Finn. But the question is, and this is what you can help us decide, which Excel player is the Euphoria MVP? Of week, guys, two. Uh, week two. I would, I would say Mark. Uh, Thanks. For, for the, I, I, I have been trying. Markoon. Uh, I would Narcissistic. say Markoon. Uh, <laughs> uh, I, I have my two seconds of moment. Not, 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 not just because he won jungle like two games, <laughs> because he won jungle three games. That's that's like he oh, actually that's true. He actually has no, yeah. He no. actually has the quantity and the quality. So I, I, I forgot Excel played three oh eight three oh this weekend. Yeah, yeah. So like actually no other runner can really compare about with that. And I actually think he played super well both games. Uh made early game planning really easy for us. Uh every game felt very smooth and mm -hmm. but we, we were saying Markoon before the show started. We were yeah. like Markoon Patrick, Markoon Patrick, Markoon. Yeah, yeah so like I'm, I'm on board. I've been impressed. I thought I think he's grown a lot and I'm Ready to see how big the Viego nerfs are. See what else there's there is there. But yeah. uh, well, I'm excited. And the jungle meta is gonna mix mix up. He picks his volley bear. I mean, he said it on the, the desk. volley bear is like, good. I play. Yeah. My, he was like in his Dutch exit. I play my volley bear, but uh, they need to nerf it. <laughs> it's so boring. <laughs> it's so boring. <laughs> That's the classic pro player thing. Like when they're, so on, boring. The, when they're <laughs> on tanks, they is like yeah. it's just so boring. Yeah. All right. Easy, easy. Call. Boring. Markoon MVP. If you haven't watched this play, that's probably the only reason that you could doubt that one. Um, drawing update. They're coming. There's a lot left to be done from last season, but we'll catch up on them. Um, we were debating whether or not we would do them this season, and then Vedius, without either of us here, started doing the four yeah. MVPs. So we're doing them for the rest of the year. We're doing yeah. drawings. There are the winners of lost splits. They got they were two tied. Apiece. Tied Aww. for MVP of Euphoria. So we put them together. So now maybe Markoon can get enough MVP votes together to get his own cardboard cutout for 2023 spring. That's the goal. That's the that's cardboard like, cutout. That's, that's like, when bro, you I know what you're it. thinking. You, you can get rookie of the split. You get MVP. That's pristine. Get, yeah. Because then you're etched in eternity. It's like you, you'll win an award and you'll, be, you'll have your name there. Yes. But this... This cutout will be behind us for an entire split of, of Euphoria. Mm -hmm. Every time you open up during the split, you'll see your face in a podcast that maybe we don't even talk about you. Yep. Crazy. <laughs> that is crazy. And we've also got some pictures over there. The one on the right. I don't know if the camera can see it. This is mine and Dracos' first ever Euphoria episode where I was a guest in 2019. It's true. Bless you, Phil, for hanging these up. Yeah, and Back the one on the, the far day. left, Dracos is dressed as a chicken. I'm a duck. That was a for duck. the year of the duck rap. Oh. Well, well, now, maybe now it's the year of the duck. Now it's the year of the duck. You're the duck, baby. It all Hustle comes first and full circle. Plot armor, baby. <laughs> Stop. No, plot, okay. plot armor is this season's narrative meme. Um, week three, coming up. Big games, big cast. Finally back on the caster desk with my boy, Fnatic vs. G2 is happening. The other game that truly excites me, especially with you here, Finn, is your match versus Rogue. Um, before we go, predictions, mm. thoughts on Rogue as an opponent. Uh, Ooh, also narrative, revenge. Oh, narrative. Uh, do, you, do you like the revenge angle? They sent you to NA. They Bob, sent me to NA. NA. I sent them to rebuild next year. 10th <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> place. Crawl back from 10th place NA. 
first to the LEC playoffs, then to Korea, taking down T1 and then coming back in summer. Is it is is there any note where you like is there any players on that team you still have a good relationship that you really like playing against? I hate all of them actually. Sick. Yeah, like, perfect. Is there anyone in particular that you hate the most? Is it Larson? Yeah, I really hate Larson. Okay, Swedish rivalry. Yeah. Write it down. We're not casting no, the games. No. Malmo playoffs. Malmo playoffs. Yeah. That's the five. This is the first <laughs> teaser. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll tell Evan. He'll and then write the it playoffs, down. we do this the part seven again. Yeah, part seven again. Okay. Nine, 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 uh, nine, 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 nine. Good narrative. No, good narrative. no, but uh, it's always fun playing rogue. Like yeah. you're playing your old team, playing your old teammates always feels a little bit extra in yeah. in the heart department. In the heart. Uh, <laughs> um so it's gonna be great i it, think right now we have a pretty good chance of beating them i think we went zero two last uh last split so mm. you really just have to beat them you know for my ego really, yeah, honestly is it is it is it the when you when you go to like shake their hands is it a yeah. look in the eyes shake the hands like do you yeah, fake the shake right. and then dab on them like what's... oh yeah you then they go for the you know you just <laughs> go through the hair no, I, I can't. Maybe next that time. Be, I feel like if, if you won the game. If you do it before the game, I think it's fine because it's like <laughs> meme But if you do it after the game, I feel like it's just BM. Final yeah. random question. Yeah. Are you a shoes on or shoes off player? Shoes on. Ooh, okay. Um, I, don't know, I never tried shoes off, so I'm not going to knock it until I try it. But yeah, yeah, yeah. It just feels a bit... Uh, it feels like you're at home. Yeah, it feels a bit too, 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 too casual, you know? Mm. I'm, I'm here to do work, you know? When I do work, I have shoes on. Like, that's yeah. just the kind of guy I am. Do you scream with shoes on? Yeah, very <laughs> well, well, here to do work. I'm <laughs> noticing some inconsistencies. <laughs> well, uh, well, this is uh, you're, I love that all of our analysis for this week's games are just going to be absolute garbage. We're just going to be like, "Ooh, is he a shoes on? Is he a shoes off player? Ooh, does he have plot armor?" He Boy, looked at him in the eyes on that handshake. Oh, Swedish rivalry. What? Like we're <laughs> we should actually do this on the four episode from now on. We should ask every single guest if they're a shoes on or shoes off player, so we can compile a list. Get a whiteboard. Yeah. So far, it's one zero to. Why shoes does on. anyone care, though? I'm just curious. I, I want to know. <laughs> That's because I worrying. I played with shoes off, <laughs> and the benefit of playing with shoes off it felt comfortable. The bad thing was when you had to shake hands and you had laces, you would sit there for five minutes. All right. That's. All right, well, forever. I'm going to end it here. Yep. Uh, it's getting, it's that, getting off the rails. That sounds so tough, man. I'm, sorry, off the I'm really sorry you had to go through that. Do I have to go shoes? shake hands alone because my whole team's already gone. Yeah. So now I have to, Rude. you know. Because anyway. the, the otherwise is like you just walk with the laces on you, trip, and then yeah, you become I a meme over for once, yeah, actually. Yeah. No joke. You become an internal meme. Yeah. Well, Finn, thank you so much for being here. Yeah, Good luck you for in your me. run. Uh, excited to see the levels you guys continue. Excited to see maybe Mickey X on more Yumi games. I've heard you guys yeah. put him on that so we can't does he, does Yeah, he... it's unironically true, yes. <laughs> you, like, you guys think we're joking, but it's like, Mickey, you cannot play aggressive now, so you're on Yumi. Locked in. Meow. <laughs> <laughs> Meow. There you go. <laughs> that, that, that's all you need to do. Um, in the meantime... We'll see you guys on Friday. Good luck in scrims. Of course, if you want to check out Mark's steadily going pro player feet only fans, which he seems to be building with these shoes <laughs> question, <laughs> twitch.tv slash Kdrol is the place. I assume that's your motivation. I don't know why whoa, you want this checkboard. Whoa, whoa, whoa. This is going wild. <laughs> that's what I thought. To, I, I didn't, <laughs> didn't want to say it. Yeah, I didn't want to say it. Hang on. You know, I was like, mm -hmm. Look, Look, man, okay, boy. You like what you like, but you know, keep it to yourself. That's all I'm saying. Some Mark. RDC is whack. Is that all right, dude? I get called Karen, and now I'm Look, Karen. Whatever you like is where does, your business. Where do you stream? Twitch.tv slash... Uh, do, do you stream? Do you stream? Are you streaming, boy? Excel Finn with do, a one, maybe? Do you stream? Uh, occasionally, yeah, but... Okay. Well, uh, to know we'll if you stream and it's on, stream. you have to press follow. Yeah. Yeah, it's true. No, it's true. Follow Finn. Follow Excel. Thanks for being here, I dude. Follow Dracos as well. Where do you stream, Dracos? Twitch.tv slash DracosCast. Yeah? Yeah, Very I stream streams. Uh, Last thing I did in my stream was draw the El Yoya art, which I don't know if you saw it, but it's cursed as hell. It's cursed? Oh, my God. Oh, I don't have it now. I have it. It's... It's so cursed because <laughs> I can't draw, right? So I'm just, it's, it's Apex Pro, though. Ape, that's right. He's, um, 
There you Diamond go. and Apex. There you go. That's not true, <laughs> but we'll we just lie for me. That's fine. It's not like they can just check, but that's fine. All right. This has been Euphoria Season 10, Episode 3. God, yep. we've done this for a long time. Um, season 10. Yeah. Yeah. Fin- oh we only God. we call every split a season, though, so it's kind of like maybe... So it's, it's basically like year five. Year five. This is... Which is still a lot. Yeah. Friday, 1730, Central European, whether we're summertime or regular. I assume we're summertime because it feels sure as hell like summer. Not entirely sure, though. Uh, woo! Ready check. Shows, games. Day one, game three, Big Banger, XL versus Rogue. Day two, Fnatic versus G2. Oh my god. Ugh, the hype rematch. weekend. Hype weekend. Old oh. Kings, New Kings, uh, Old Legacy. Kings, yeah. New Kings. No Legacies. Old Kings, <laughs> no, New G2 Kings, Legacy. Plot Armor, Feet. LEC has <laughs> everything. <laughs> Malmo. Malmo. Sweden. We're in Sweden. With feet. With feet. All right. That's that's it. We're we're done. We're out of podcast. Cut us off. Play us out. Play us out.